I had a fry every day this summer. Go from that building site. You know, now again, we didn't win, so maybe it wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been there the fruit and the pasta. <laughs> OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Phil Thompson, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, I'm good. Looking forward to this Liverpool stuttering start. Yeah, what? yeah. Well, they weren't. Uh, I mean, you, Jurgen Klopp did not seem happy in the aftermath. No, I know. Yeah, yeah. We'll discuss it. Tell me what what. Um, uh, sorry, look, just to to not beat around the bush here, Manchester City have become a, a machine at harvesting points, and so every single bit of this where you're behind just adds to a little bit of pressure. It was. It's not a disaster because it's the first day of the season, but um, you know. It's not great. Got you. Know where you're coming from. Know what you're trying to take me. We'll see. <laughs> what did you make of the performance? Not good enough. Not good enough. Complacent. Um, and I, I just think we weren't ready for Fulham. Fulham was so energised. It was, well, let's, let's save it. Let's save it for when when we come on. Oh, yeah, no, we're on now, Phil. Sorry, we're, we're actually on. Yeah, sorry. We're back from ads. How are you doing? I'm very good. Sorry about that. No worries. <laughs> well, that's good. That's Listen, good. Guys, it was... That could have gone anywhere there, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> the... Listen, it just wasn't good enough. It's... The... And the football was great. You always felt like we still had goals in us. We could still get back in it. But it's the start. As Jürgen said, you can see by Jürgen's comments afterwards, I was more than happy with the point. I think every Liverpool fan getting sort of 15, 20 minutes into that second half, we hadn't even really got momentum. So to come away with it with a point, I think was right. I just think we were too complacent. I think we thought it's a team that's come up from the championship. It's, yeah, it'll be another three points. It is not like that. This, who said, I can't remember who said the words, it's unforgiving, this Premier League. And we weren't ready for it. But listen, stuttering starts. Well, we won We won the Community Shield the week before with an outstanding performance. And yes, we have still got plenty in the locker. Any concerns about the midfield at the moment? That seems to be the one area where the team is planning to next season. I mean, certainly they're, they're already being linked with uh, Jude Bellingham, and now we see Thiago Silva out for uh, sorry Thiago Alcantara out for six weeks with the hamstring. Um, is there is there a concern that they're just a little bit light there, and that maybe there might be a bit of activity in the next few weeks? Well, I would think so. As you've seen the way our football club runs, we like to. We like to plan. We like to have things. We don't want knee-jerk reactions to it. Um, we had to do it when we lost all the centre-backs. There had to be movements in there. We ended up going with the two uh, young lads that we had. So you look at the mid the Oxers out, Naby. I think Naby should be fit by next Monday. I think that will be all right. But Thiago is a big miss. I think he's an absolutely super player brings so much more. We have a good blend with Fabinho. 
with Henderson, with his energy, with Thiago's creativity. He is just superb. For him to get injured in your first game, you go, wow. And then Curtis Jones was injured. So we are a bit light in there. But where do we put Cavallo? Where do we put Harvey Elliott? Are they strikers, wide ones, or are they midfield players? I think the more midfield players, I decided for Fabinho. So he might think he's got enough. The boy Cavallo is going to be some player, by the way. I was going to ask, what's, what is the word on Carvalho? Because um, a massive reputation, like uh, a sweet deal to get him on. Um, is, yeah. he re- is he ready for this, do you think? Or is it a couple of seasons before we actually see him being week in, week out Premier League material? Because of his age, because he's so young, you'd think that. But you have a, you have a year as he played in that championship, which is a tough league, physically, mentally. I think you come through it. I've seen enough of him for Fulham, didn't watch all the games. But what he brings, and I think what Liverpool look at, as much as the goals that he brought, was his assists. And I think they're the big things that people look at. What have people got in there? Yes, you can you can help people with those, but you have to have it a la, you go back to David Beckham. People go, oh, well, look at him. Oh, he picks people up. No, he doesn't. He puts the ball in the right area four strikers and that's what Cavalio is he is going to be a star I can tell you he has got so much ability he will shock everybody so having that year in the championship I think he would be ready if he was called upon Not to labour the point on the midfield too much Phil but like, is there a chance that Liverpool look on this as a warning at just the right time and I mean the Thiago injury where it's like right this is going to happen at some point during the season again where we're going to be down a few bodies in midfield are our options at this moment in time good enough to take us into contention in the Premier League and maybe like maybe Carvalho and, and Harvey Elliott do prove that they can be uh, title winning midfielders or, or attackers whatever they may be for Liverpool but you could also make a strong case right now that they possibly aren't and you'd wonder if Liverpool are going to get involved in some of the big midfield transfer speculation that's involved obviously Manchester United have been chasing after Frankie de Jong all summer they're going after Rabiot now I'm not saying that Liverpool are going to go for either of those players but there are clubs interested in big midfielders there are midfielders on the market and it feels like Liverpool you could make a case, Phil, could do it another one. Yeah, I, th- I think if you listen to Jürgen, he said, what, they had eight midfield players. So that seems to be plenty. Listen, I've, I've no doubt that they will be sitting around in the AXA training centre and they'll, they'll be throwing things about. They'll be looking at it. They'll be looking at the options. They do like to plan. They will be having a chat with the recruitment team, seeing what they've got out there. As I said before, they don't like sort of knee-jerk reactions. The way some clubs are now, getting the, mm. getting the job done early is far easier. Not just because you know what you've got and the fans are a little bit happier, but they're doing the full pre-season with the lads. They're starting to understand. And you're seeing even some of the big clubs scraping around, trying to get players in. And even, even fans are going, where's the recruitment? Where's the plan? And I think Liverpool have that. Yes, they will. I am quite sure they will be looking at it. Will they deem it absolutely necessary? I'm not so sure. I guess the the plan is that they would look to someone like Jude Bellingham next summer. Is that is that your sense of where the succession is in midfield? Well, I would like to think that. And, and we all are. We're all putting two and two together, aren't we? 
but it, it's not that easy. As you've seen, the likes of Chelsea. Chelsea are spending money as though it's going out of fashion. You know, yes, they've made some good signings, but now all of a sudden, uh, you know, they spend the money. You know, Cucurella, who's a good player, who's 60-odd million, and you're going, why? And then they're just, they're just throwing money about at the moment. You're thinking, oh, my goodness, is there a plan in this? Or they're just getting bodies through the door. You know, Manchester United, what they're trying to do. Uh, but so these teams are all going to have, they've got to start having a plan. And Bellingham will be sort of, he will tick everybody's box. And I, I'm just hoping that the link that Liverpool have, and this will have to be a 12-month plan. Because you're not just going to get a Bellingham who's going to cost a lot of money for a midfield play. He's not a striker. And I would think that plan will have to be in motion, deals done, agents, other clubs, and kept under wraps, probably from January onwards. How excited are you about Darwin Nunez? I'm very excited. And, and it's it's not just a bit what... Because we all go on about how well he played for Benfica against Liverpool because he, he tore us apart. I liken the boy to Torres. When Torres first came into Liverpool, not the Torres that left, the Torres that was hungry. He was passionate. He wanted to learn. He wanted to improve. He ran the channels. He harassed people. He was good in the air. He really wanted it massively. And I see that in this young man. He will get better because he looks as though he just wants to please everybody at the moment. But I just think he's got all those attributes and different attributes than what some of our players have got. And I think he will, <clears throat> as with Haaland, you see Haaland, what he did um, against West Ham. My goodness, the ball from uh, De Bruyne to him and, and his finish was like that Gleeson rush in the pump. And it was just fantastic. The guy's going to score goals um, and Darwin Nunes will do likewise and quite sure at Liverpool. Is there a change in style that has to happen when Mane goes and like, how long will it take, do you think, before that settles down? Or is it actually just a like for like in some ways that nothing really needs to change significantly? No, not really, because we, Luis Diaz, who's unfortunate not to score at the weekend, he's, he's a great signer. He was sort of picked out, hit the ground running, we were more than happy with him. So he will play in the Mane role. You'll have Salah playing in his, his role. So it will be Bobby, Bobby Firmino, who's been one of my sort of heroes of this present side. Um, he will probably be the one who will make way, but not without a fight. So you can see with Nunes, because he's not a Bobby Firmino. He doesn't drop into the hole. don't think he understands the high press at the moment. So it will take a little bit of learning, hence with him starting these, uh, the Community Shield and the first game on the bench. Can I just ask you, before we wrap up here, about um, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, at the moment, he's having a bit of trouble. OK, again, it's the, it's the opening day of the season, but the, the Villa fans are a little bit restless about um, what's going on at the moment. There's been a, a bit of argy-bargy with Tyrone Mings, where you know Mings has become something of a, a totemic figure for the Villa fans, given how well he played over the last number of years and, and um, you know it's just it's been a difficult start for Stevie G is he is he likely to come through this do you think is 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 this just how guys, how it guys, works guys 
it's it is it's how it works it's football maybe you don't know but you have to make these decisions stevie's in there um, we made this exactly the same whether that had something to do with stevie making it when we gave stevie the captaincy sammy hoopier was not having the best of times and we felt that it was necessary for Stephen to have it to move forward the captaincy and we did it and I think Stephen's looked at it and he's thought to help Tyrone and it's a tough decision you have to make that same thing happened with me with Graeme Suness when Graeme Suness took my captaincy Bob Paisley did it to get me playing better and back to me my best and it worked it worked with Sammy Hoopier and I think it'll work with Tyrone Mings it's early in the season and one one early early game. Yes, the Villa fans will be upset. Steven Gerrard's not a problem and he it won't worry him whatsoever. He knows what he's got in the squad and he knows what he's got to work with. He still might need a couple more players. Any uh, kind of like uh, tough words between yourself and Sunas after the captaincy was switched? Maybe one or two. Mm. <laughs> I can imagine it's not easy like it, 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 it worked listen it worked and as, as angry as I was with Graham with Bob um, it worked it had the desired effect maybe they, he felt that Graham needed that captaincy maybe things were going on behind the scenes <laughs> but it was the main thing was was to get me back to my best and it did it had it and we did Gerard Hulier we had the same discussion about <laughs> Stephen Gerrard getting the captaincy. And I said, let me explain what happened to me to Sammy Hoopier, and which it did do. And so it helps all around. Sammy's performance has improved. Stephen, as we know, what he went on to become. Um, and I'm quite sure Tyrone Mings will be better off for it. It does happen, guys, honestly. Having that sort of taken away from you, it hurts at first. But then... When you start and you think about it later and your your performances improve, the proof's in the pudding. When when the news was broken to you that you were being relieved of the captaincy, was it straightforward? Was it a long conversation? Was it like... What? What? <laughs> Straight conversation. I flew into his office, Bob's office, um, and nearly, well, leaving the office, and they took the door off its hinges. So, yes, it was angry, and I didn't feel good. I, I, I so enjoyed the captaincy, and I loved it. Um, I wasn't happy with it. And as I say, things were going on behind the scenes, which I wasn't sort of knowing about, and that's what makes you more upset. As in, Sunis had, had gone to, um, had, had gone behind your back? Is that what you felt? Or... God. Down now, steady boys. Where are we going with this? <laughs> I don't know. Where are we going? <laughs> no, it was. It was. We didn't. We, we didn't sort of converse with each other. It, it didn't change on the pitch. We were there. We were warriors. We were fighters, and nothing bothered us. But we didn't speak for uh, quite a few weeks after it. I think about six weeks in in all. And who made peace in the end? Like, how did, how did that come about? Because you hear these stories I, now and peace never gets made. I, no, I, th- I think I think things just developed. I think things just sort of developed and we got on with it. Um, I think it was me getting used to it, um, him getting sort of used to it. Yeah. Tricky situation because you, you hear about dressing rooms where the the uh, team fall, teammates fall out and they... 
they never speak they, no one ever bangs heads together and says lads come on let's just get on with this oh we had, we did have that Joe Fagan did the same thing you've got to get on with it and I said hey what happens on the pitch happens on the pitch I says but don't tell me what I have to do off the pitch I says nobody tells me what to do but nothing interfered with um, sort of going out there and fighting the fight on the pitch as I say the main thing was was getting the best for the team out of us and that's what happened no matter how much I, I liked it or disliked it 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 had that desired effect not just uh, for me we went the first game was against Swansea uh, FA Cup third round at the Vetch and Swansea obviously were in the top division then and we absolutely battered them 4-0 so that tells you something Phil good stuff thanks a million for joining us this morning cheers thanks guys OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar